Hello and welcome to the Identity Podcast via kind of an audio format at the moment due to some technical difficulties on kind of all parties with with the distance between um, ourselves and our guest for this week. But we're so excited to kick off our brand new series, the Environmentalism Series. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. And throughout February and March, it's going to be very busy for the Identity Podcast because not only are we touching on the environmental series, the, the environmental series kicking off this new series, but in March we're going to talk about sustainability. But at the same time, in the month of February, it's Black History Month. So periodically throughout the month, we'll be touching on that as well and having guests um, that that really have have a lot to do with that. And so we're very excited. And then for March, it's also Women's History Month. So we have lots of guests um, that identify as such. And we're, we're so excited to bring everyone on and to be able to to touch on touch on all these amazing topics it's it's going to be a fascinating few months with identity and and bear with us because we're going to be very busy but we're so excited so excited i can't wait and it's it's just the start of this new series and this is something that i'm very passionate about myself i I love the environment and i'm very active in the environment as well and so i'm very excited to go ahead and get things rolling with this and once again don't forget to like us on facebook at find your id NYC. Follow us on Instagram by the same name. Check out our TikTok, YouTube, and Twitter, and Twitter all at the Identity Podcast. As always, check out um, the Identity Podcast on all streaming platforms such as Spotify and Apple. And if you love the Identity Podcast, well, guess what? You can actually sponsor us. So email us at press at findyouridnyc.com to do so. Listen to the Identity Podcast on Brick Media every Tuesday. We're a featured podcast on their uh, little radio network that they have now, which is really cool, based out of Brooklyn. They're just an amazing organization, and we're so, so grateful to officially be a part of that now. And then, as always, stop, shop the Identity Podcast merch on Teespring, and link is in all of our bios, including our Instagram bio. Well, I am Caleb, one of your co-hosts for the Identity Podcast. Tarek, my co-host, is going to be in and out for today, but we're very excited to go ahead and introduce this week's guest. Everyone, welcome John Paul Joss to the show. We're very excited to have him on. Um, we, we can't wait. John is a young climate change activist. He is changing the world as we know it. Welcome, John. How are you? Hi, Caleb. I'm good. <laughs> Hope you're uh, good as well. I sure am. I, you see, with the time change, I'm a little, uh, I'm a little tired, but I'm good. I'm sure you're tired too, though, with your time change. <laughs> yeah, here the day is almost going to end. Yeah, yeah, the sun's <laughs> going down while the sun's coming up over here. So, <laughs> well, it's it's great to have you, and we're so excited to to get into things. Um, to kind of start off here, um, just give us a quick little brief background of who you are and, and, and what you're doing. So uh, my name is John Paul Jos. I am from Kerala, uh, India. So uh, I'm actually graduated from my university last year. And I had to come back to Kerala from New Delhi uh, due to COVID-19 situation. And now, as you know, like everything went online. So throughout this like years, like I'm 24 now, I have become very much involved in activism. So it initially started with the very much relevant thing, which in India, like all the social issues, then hearing about the destruction of environment, it began to focus more on environmentalism. Then when I began to understand the bigger issue of climate change, then gradually I was getting more involved in climate action and activism. So I was exploring like collaborations, then organizing protests, events, and also looking into nature-based solutions, research and all other things. Yeah. That's really fascinating. That's so cool. Um, What was kind of the, kind of that one moment that said, this is what, I'm going to do, this is what I want to do. So uh, coming to activism was like something accidental because I was also like a very normal, like everyone, just being part of this conventional system, 
just mm-hmm. following everything. But when I moved to city, because the place in which I belong, like that's my identity and the things which I do there. So we come from an agriculture family. So agriculture is part of a life. Then studies is something which we advance to the future. At the same time, when we moved to the city, only like studies was part of me because that is something which is going forward. So I wanted to do something because I lost the connection with nature because in cities, like it was something like an urban jungle. So that's where the moment like I began to involve into like activism. So it was something like protecting urban forests, planting trees, then looking into urban policies. Then gradually it led to just finding some uh, civic groups, then co-founding some groups and also engaging in the collaboration and looking for more NGOs to work with. And that's where how everything began. Yeah. That, that is just really neat. And, and I love hearing your story. I, I know when um, we were sending emails back and forth and, and discussing I'm having you on the show and you sent me some different materials, I really started to research and look into you and your story and everything. That, that you have been able to do, especially um, in India and throughout the world, um, it's it's really fascinating, you know. And I I kind of feel that obviously not to your extent, um, the way the things that you've been able to do and the things that you have started to really implement and, and begin to change. Um, but as someone who also um, tries to be as as active as possible, and 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 for me, you know, I use. I've realized that sometimes we all have different voices and we all have to do act activism in, in different ways. And I found that podcasting is one way for me and kind of different forms of media and radio are, are kind of my outputs to be able to be an activist from here and be able to talk about this stuff. And so I have different podcasts um, outside of this one as well that do touch on the environment and kind of touch on um, this sense of, of, of activism. And so kind of for the beginnings of activism, as we kind of roll in here, I'm, I'm curious um, when, when starting and with kind of doing it accidentally, did you have maybe your family, loved ones, friends that were against it or did they, did they really, help push you towards this direction it's like uh basically when family they think like activism is something very much political and that's not the space where we should should be we should be looking to future then studies and like a career so that's the conventional way in which the family thinks so much of the activism i had to do in secret because like we, when we are not at home and when we are somewhere else for studies, then like the things which we do there, like it's of, it's of that area. So the activism, everything was like away from home. So the arena was like something, some place that is very different. So we had like those friends who had the similar idea. So they mm-hmm. were like supportive, but others were just following the regular way. But I was very much engage with all those activism because I considered it something which is part of me, something which is like urgent and something which needs to be done now to because the future which we are looking into that should be more convenient for us to live peacefully. So that's where mm-hmm. this whole idea began. And so even if we get support or even if we get a lot of like suppression, like I have I had already made my mind. So along with the studies, I managed to move my activism and all those works. Yeah. Well, that was beautifully said. Thank you for that, John. Um, I, I really admire that. And I think it's, I think it's interesting. Um, you said very political. And I, I think in general, and I, I think you take this well for um a level and aspect in India, but also just in our society overall, we're at a point where trying to change and trying to support and, and 
help the environment has become so political to the point where it's it's kind of outlandish because it shouldn't be political. Um, you, you even touched on it yourself, you know, saving the environment and, and creating a better and cleaner, safer, healthier future for us all should not be some ridiculous thought. Instead, it, it should be common sense. I mean, we should have been we should have been taking care of this earth from from the start. And we we should have been implementing these initiatives and, and really using tech, the technology that we have for benefits, for good things um, without having for this to, to become political, because there, in no way should it become political. In fact, when talking about it, it is it isn't political at all. Instead, it, it's simply a, a matter of um well, basically, frankly, life or death, uh, um, uh, saving the earth, and uh, it, and it's it's sad that it has to come to this. You know, having these conversations, um, having to discuss this, and having to to simply be frank with people and and um, say that we're not really sure what the future is going to look like um, at these times and everything. And so I'm kind of curious with COVID, with COVID-19 and the impact that it's it's had on us all. It has impacted every single um, human being in, in this civilization, in this world. And so I'm very curious um, how it has impacted you. So uh, due to COVID-19, I had to come back home. Mm -hmm. So initially, it was very much serious about how the issue was under control because we had to stay almost like uh, 28 days at home, mm -hmm. like 14 days room quarantine and another 14 days uh, home quarantine. So I was not allowed to go anywhere. So as for the government directions and as I followed, but uh, recently like the issue of COVID-19 has become like very rampant and cases uh, began to rise. And just uh, mm -hmm. like last week, even I got tested positive and uh, I'm just recovering now. So in, during this time, like all the activities or activism, like so even since the activism began, we were like using social media a lot. So even during mm -hmm. this time, we were using it very much evidently, like uh, having webinars, having uh, Zoom meetings, and also like using Twitter or Instagram to share our reviews and all other things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I, I just want to say, I, I, I hope you're feeling all right. And I'm really sorry to hear that. Um, and, and, uh, I, I, I really do hope I wish you the, the fastest and speediest and, but also just the best recovery possible. Um, I, I've known a lot of people that have been affected by this thus far. Um, and so I, I really, I really um, am sorry and, and hope that you are, are feeling better and, and can get to um, be better in the coming days and coming weeks as well um, from this virus. And, and I, I have definitely kept my tabs as someone who is um, very world centric, such as myself and in, in try to keep up to date on my geography and everything. I also try to keep in touch with the world news. And I've definitely heard about the situation in, in India and I know it has just gotten worse um, over time. And so I, I really, um, I just want you to know that my, my thoughts are, are with you all and especially with you and your family. And so I really do hope um, for the, for the best for you all. And I, I want to say thank you for everything that you've done. Um, thus far with the environment, yeah. even even during with even during COVID, um, and so I, I'm kind of curious to talk about this, and, and I think we both could have different things that we can touch on this from a um, an aspect from India and also one from the United States, such as myself, and and that's is um, how has COVID how has COVID impacted the environment? I think um, um, as far as the United States goes, and, and definitely with the world, it's it, the different rates of such as gas emissions has definitely been down and it's in the United States, we had the best year as far as 
the transportation of, of gas emissions in the uh, of emissions in the United States since like 1944. Now, if you know your United States history well enough and your world history well enough, you'll know that back in that time was World War II. So the last time that the United States recorded such lows was during World War II when half of our nation was not actually in the United States. So really interesting, really interesting to look at that. But, um, you know, John, what, what's what's your thoughts? How has COVID impacted the environment, especially in India? So uh, well, ever since uh, the issue of COVID began, at the same time, we had a lot of uh, dis natural disasters like flood and like cyclone, then uh, also like uh, some other issues. So it was the same time when all those migrant laborers were going back uh, home in India from different states. So when they went back home, it was like, we have to stay at home during COVID, but they were like asked to move out from their home because the place where they live was getting flooded. So another thing that happened, uh, especially in my place was like, lot of people had lost that uh, financial stability. So like they were resorting to cutting down trees, then selling it off to meet their needs. Then another thing that has, when, when we look around India in general, the emission level, especially due to uh, use of vehicles, it came down initially, but since the lockdown was lifted and some, sometimes now it's like something like normal, back to normal even now with some minor restrictions, there's still its pollution, it's still there. So even places like Delhi, the air quality is still worse. So it's like at the same time we have like one crisis, like climate crisis, and at the same time we have on the other side, we have the pandemic. So we are not treating them equally. We give more significance to pandemic because now everyone knows about pandemic and the way in which uh, the government is tackling it's like, it's something like very much important because everybody knows about it. But when mm -hmm. it comes to climate crisis or ecological distractions, people doesn't know much about it. So, uh, so as it's something which the distractions, like somebody is getting profited from that within the system, like those who are running the government or the corporates, they are actually benefiting mm -hmm. from these distractions. So they are keeping quiet instead of educating people on addressing the crisis. But with the pandemic, even they are facing a loss. So, so it doesn't mean them to keep quiet. They should make everyone aware because with these restrictions around, it is very difficult for everything to move on. So that's why it should be contained very much easily. Mm -hmm. At the same time, like nowadays we have uh, some things happened in India, like those COVID has become a shield to continue distractions because like there was restrictions for large scale gatherings due to the social distancing. So those things were used as shield so they can continue deforestation, mining, and all other activities. So those things are also on rise because we are not treating those environmental issues like the same way we treat this at the pandemic. So there is a huge mm -hmm. gap in which how we are treating this issue and how we are addressing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, very well said. That's that's very very interesting, and it's it's great to have that insight from someone who you know, really knows um, uh, about the climate crisis going on at the moment. And, and what's kind of intriguing to me is looking at this and listening to you and, and kind of um, thinking of, obviously, it definitely depends on the situation you're in. And I think it also kind of depends on your interest at times. But it's it's really interesting to me to see how that there 
aren't more people that know about the climate crisis and and aren't at, at least understanding what is going on and and I feel like one big thing throughout especially throughout North America throughout this continent is that there's kind of this um just denial towards it and so I, I'm kind of curious do you feel like that is uh, very common throughout India as well and throughout different parts that you have um, visited and that you've been able to work on? Or, or do you feel like it's it's just more of this political thing? So uh, to have a denial, first thing is like we should know about like what we are denying about. So when it comes to climate change, like many people in India know about climate change. Like for example, like farmers say, like climate has changed. Uh, there is water shortage. The, mm -hmm. There is extreme rainfall. Then drought has changed. So like they, for years, like farmers have been working on the land. The, all those things depends upon those climate, but everything has changed. So they say like climate has changed. So even our parents say like climate has changed because it used to be cooler than what it is now. The temperature was not like this. There never used to be such extreme rainfall or unusual weather. So those things, like when we look back how the older generations lived, we, we could say like it was more better than what we are now when it comes to issues like climate crisis. So, mm -hmm. but the issue is like they doesn't know how the climate change is happening. So like they think like most of the people think it's like something natural. Yes, it's natural, but the thing is like the climate that is changing now, it's like changing faster than what it should be. And we humans are altering the climate. So there is a natural way in which the climate, everything is under control. And those pattern itself is natural and it, it's everything is controlled by nature. So when we began to take control of that, then those things are changing. And the control which we are taking to the nature, so that's the reason for the denial. Because this control of nature is bringing up enormous monetary gains. And through these monetary gains, it's again providing unwarranted power and all those hierarchy, then all those like kind of like, uh, like the, about everyone. So they could mm -hmm. rule everyone or suppress anyone, distinguish everyone, consider a lot of people as unequals. So all those like something like we call like white privilege or something like like kingly privileges that they have when when they look around this control. So mm -hmm. they doesn't want to lose away all those controls coming out of such a change. So if we really act on climate change then it is also means acting on a lot of social issues. It is also providing social justice. Then it also creates a lot of people as equal to one another. And also a lot of issues get tackled. So all those issues doesn't want to be tackled. So those who are in power and those who are corporates, what they do is like either they deny the shame of climate crisis they say it is like natural, we can't do anything. And they also ignore the reality. They ignore mm -hmm. the science, they ignore young voices, they ignore the reality that we are in a crisis. Yeah. I love that, that they ignore the reality. And the, I think the saddest part about it is the fact that it, it's the truth um, and everyone who is listening and and, and watching this this podcast um, this is the truth John is speaking the truth um, they ignore the reality and it's it's sad and it's just frustrating to know that and and to know that it's it's something that is so right in front of our faces I mean, it's coming to the point where it is affecting us all in every aspect and it, it, it and has become so obvious and yet we're denying. And I think, John, I think you did a great, great job at explaining that, this denial, this, um, this sense of why people are denying it. And something you said earlier to bring it back real quick, um, 
That's interesting to me, and and I I've definitely noticed this as well throughout different forms of research and different things that I've I've read as well. And that's um, you mentioned how at one time, especially during the lockdown, especially throughout the lockdown for most of the world, um, throughout uh, twenty twenty, we saw a lot of the emissions um, go down, and we definitely saw we saw. Um, we saw this sense of like, oh, wow, you know, not not running a world for um, a month or, or two definitely can make somewhat of a small, slight difference. Yet we also um, noticed that since then it's it's gone back up and it's it's basically, as you mentioned, kind of gone back to normal. Um, I know the United States has not reported the same numbers as they were, say, back in 2019, but it's still up there, um, especially with going back and forth from kind of being on these lockdowns to simply being open again. And so it's, it's very it's very back and forth for us, and I'm, I'm sure that's how it is um, throughout different parts of the world and even throughout India for yourself. Um, for me, I guess I'm, I'm just kind of curious as to um, what, what do you kind of expect um, the world to do in the next few months, even say ne the next year or so? Do you see the end of this year of 2021 being a, a possibility for life to possibly be back to normal? And maybe we can really start to um, may maybe... Uh, change the page of sorts and we can get people to realize now that we've passed this pandemic we can we can um all come together again and do things with and really tackle the climate crisis because as you know at the moment we're kind of limited to not being in person so as you said everyone's doing things via social media things are happening via zoom things are happening via this platform Streamyard, and um we're, we're limited in our abilities to connect, yet we're also being able to still talk about the crisis at hand. And that that is the biggest crisis, and that is the environment. So I'm kind of curious as to um, how you are hoping to kind of tackle that and what you kind of see this next year bringing. So uh, the addressing the pandemic has shown us like we have possibilities to act on a crisis. So the system has shown that like, if we follow science, we could address a crisis. And if the government or corporates and everyone come together, we could actually solve a crisis. And when it comes to all those lockdown, uh, there was huge, uh, like considerable amount of uh, low emissions that is something which like we like providing us some extra time and also giving us more opportunity to look into the possibility like it is possible to cut down emissions and look into where most emissions are coming from so when most of the vehicles were at uh, like home at the same time there was like huge pollutions coming from industries the emissions from industries were still going on and also when everybody's at home, like there is huge demand for elect electricity as well. So if we have like uh, like electric source depend on thermal power plants, then our emissions are again going to rise. So taking into account all those future because the COVID is still going on. So that in the future itself, we need to look into how we, we, we should adapt to all those crises and also how to mitigate or how to deal with not to have crisis like this. So that's why we have like very common term like build back better. Because this is an opportunity to build back everything that we have created with something which is structured in a way that that is only beneficial to some section of the society for a short term. Because when it comes to like climate crisis, everybody is going to be affected, and so in the future, like when we think about what what we think about future, it should have that equity because everyone should have a peaceful 
coexistence in this nature. So we have like different goals set out for each year for climate crisis, addressing climate crisis, and also the biodiversity protection. So actually we could all act upon this because as always, UN itself wants everyone about the crisis that's happening related to climate and the issues in island nations because countries like Tuvalu is sinking and extreme weather events are all around the world and the huge economic loss coming out of that. So all of this, if we look back uh, and see the future, we, we have possibilities for a green recovery. So not a greenwash, which we were like continuing for years. So we should actually have a function on nature because nature is which help us to live and move forward. So we should keep it in the forefront and we should move forward. So that's from where we should actually think about recovery and future. So with that come sustainable solutions, sustainable business and behavioral changes and new opportunities. So all those things should come together. So it's actually what we need is a, like systemic reform. We should reform the system which we were living in and the system which is continuing now because that doesn't accept all the views. That doesn't accept the reality. So those things, the system should adapt that, adjust and reform itself and need to bring new ideas to that so that the future generations and even current generations could look for a better future. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very well said. Again, um, I, I love your words. You you are, are very poetic with words. And I, I think it's um you've made some amazing points throughout this show and especially throughout that last statement. So I'm kind of curious um, with this reform the system. How do you suggest that we reform the system like and and in, in, uh, a little bit more further into this? And um, how, how do you. How do you suggest we go about that? How do you suggest we tell this to society? So, uh, so for years we have been seeing a like top to down approach of the system where the system provide us like what we should be doing and how we should be living. So the system guides us to the future and we are part of that system, which we have a role. So just live on, follow the system. And that, that is the same system that led us to this crisis. So that's why we have a different point of view because hearing the voices of everyone, because there are a lot of people affected by the way in which the system is functioning. Because the major aim of the system is like economic progress. So everything is calculated based on monetary gains. But if we calculate the benefits from the nature or ecosystem, that's much beyond the GDP of all nations combined. But you can't have that money in your hands because the system doesn't have something to have that. So that's why we have this, like uh, all those backdoor policies, all those things should change. So even when we look into the current conferences related to climate action, there was no place for young people. But even recently they have included things like COP, but it's something like a sideline event where young people are just brought in to show that young people are given a platform. At the same time, all the high level sessions take between the government and corporates and they decide the future which we want to live in. But when we have the voice and when we have opinions, that doesn't matter. That's the same, that's the same for young people than even adults and for indigenous communities. So the, the system, the way in which it's functioning is like some people take decisions for anti-people. So there is a court which always comes in like in the environment or nature perspectives, like people living in cities, 
a few people, they make laws, everything which let others live, including those creatures in the forest. That's a strange thing because we constructed a material environment. That's the place where all the systems functions and that's helped the system to continue by transforming all the nature which we need. So with these transformations, we are losing the nature and that's the way the system is leading into it. So we should have a system which keeps, like, like I was saying before, seeing the reality and mm -hmm. accepting the science because when we need to move forward, we should have uh, nature as our foundations because without nature, it's climate, it's all those patterns, it's very difficult for survival. It's something like a common sense, which we need to understand. Because understanding all those things make life easier. It's like we, we are taught like we breathe oxygen, all those things we are taught, but we doesn't know much about how we should enable the system to continue. The, all those life forms, how we should aid for it to continue. But we are lacking that insight to go forward. So that's where like, like the system is not providing us that. That's why when we know about the reality, when we know about the future and when we see like nothing is happening to address the passage to save future, that's why people like me had to become activists, just coming out of the direct path which the system has drawn. Many people chose activism. Many people moved to looking possibilities to alter all those actions we have done, looking for sustainable solutions. And also we, have, we are seeing a lot of systemic change, like enabling or having people that could really do something for others in the government. Mm -hmm. So such power transitions are also happening and also beginning with some movements. So all those movements are key to reforms. See, even when we look back to history, we have movements that change the course of that nation or region or even the world. So even all those movement or any, so we even had negative things like war or all those things, even that had led or changed the course of directions which we following. So similarly, all those movement, it's all like urging reforms because it's something like being fed up in a system that doesn't cater to the needs of everyone or there are rather more irregularities. So all those things need to be addressed. So that which the movements demand. So if the system or the government is incapable of dealing with that, then we need to change it. Because with the change in those who could do something, then only the change come to the lives of other people. Yeah. Yeah, that was wow. That was that was brilliant. Thank you for that, John. Um, you you said so many things, and I I wrote down um all kinds of things. I have a whole notebook full of things now. Um, <laughs> but you said some uh some great things, some great things in that. Um, one thing was um this reforming the system. The system guides us to the future in this sense of, and this is the system that, you know, we're currently living in. This is the future that we're in. And I really love that. And then I love this understanding common sense and how it, it, it makes life easier. And so throughout all this, the, the ways we could reform this system, the way that um, we, we can implement this system into our society if we just allowed ourselves to understand this common sense. And what's interesting is that, you know, you and I, we are understanding this common sense. And um, there's so many other individuals that are understanding this common sense, and we get it, that it is common sense. But there are still so many individuals that aren't understanding common sense. And so to kind of tie in with a few other things that we wanted to talk about, how are some of your different projects and these different collaborations that you're working on, how are they not only, um, how, how are you and these different projects 
working on things and what exactly are you working on, but as well, how are you tackling this sense of allowing people to understand common sense? So uh, when it's common sense, when you talk about that, it's very much important for those who are leading the society or those who have power should have that because if, if uh, one individual doesn't have common sense, then that is not going to affect much of the society. But if we think about one leader who is leading and making policy decisions, doesn't have that common sense or doesn't understand the reality, then that's a problem. Because with that lack of common sense, even others are going to be affected. So even lack of such sense, again, we need to blame the system. So it can be the education system or the upbringing which we get, because sometimes the foundations which we need, it might not be something which help us to understand all those senses. Because if I grew up with nature as the foundation, then again, other steps like the society and the foundations, if we go through all those stages, then that gives a good formation. So that's when we understand, like when we have a sense like what is right and what is wrong, when we realize that we will actually get the idea what we should be doing next. Because like if we address everything with sense, then we won't be having any issues. So one act of lack of sense could lead to even a war or a conflict. So it's very much important how we do something or how our actions matters. So that's when I got a sense about the state of planet, the ecological crisis, I was looking all possible ways to act. So activism was one major thing because we cannot do everything alone. So I can cut my emissions, but not the emissions of corporates I can have behavioral changes for the sake of planet, but not everyone's. That's why government and corporates as large entities and having influence across the scale are, is essential to take major decisions. That's why we need a lot of policy changes and we need drastic transition to like zero carbon economy. So that's why we step into activism because that's an urgent need. But that shouldn't be our only hope because we should also look into other matters because we have a system which have been nurturing this kind of ignorance and a system which always look into monetary gains and doesn't wonder to attack nature. So all those things exist in the system. So we, no we cannot expect this kind of changes sooner because since Kyoto Protocol or Stockholm Conference or anything, we have been talking mm -hmm. about the distractions we are doing to the planet and the urgency to act because we have been ignoring all those things because the system is not ready to act on all those crises. So that's why we cannot expect Oh, we can say that the system, they are just greenwashing and they are not doing enough. So, but we should be hopeful. So to be hopeful and to at least like, to know that like something is being done and something is happening. Mm -hmm. That's why I look forward and like move to a lot of collaborations. Because all those NGOs or institutes or communities, they were already doing something or they were ready to do that. So when even I get involved, even I'm becoming part of that, or if I'm taking an initiative, I am like allowing or enabling others who, who, do, who want to do good for nature to be part of it. So if I, like we were working on like coastal protection so a lot of people were involved in of the entire state, one of the state in India. 
and all those people were involved in that because protecting their coastal region is essential for their livelihood, nature, and the identity of a lot of people. Then another thing which I was doing was research. Uh, that's like my academic contribution or knowing more about issues like climate change. Another thing was like working with NGOs, a lot of uh, organizing activities and giving talks, all those things, because all those things should be done. But ultimate aim that we have is like, it should come from the government. So we should look all the possibilities where we could actually be hopeful. We shouldn't be just depending on someone who is like brainwashing or trying to manipulate all those things. We should be at the same time, look for more possibilities to do all those things which we need to look forward because we don't have time and we are in urgent need to act. I really, I really enjoyed what you had to say there, especially right in the kind of the thick of it and right towards the end. I, I think you, again, I, I'm writing a bunch of stuff down. <laughs> um, I feel like you've been, uh, I, I'm, I'm just kind of that way. Uh, that's kind of how I learn is, is by listening and being able to write things down. But um, there's been a lot of things throughout this show that we really, I think myself and, and anyone who's listening or watching can really take take with them and be able to um, take throughout their daily lives, but also be able to hopefully take this information and from there um, really implement it in, into understanding this common sense and, and realizing that we this we need this to reform the system and also simply um, just, again, understanding, realizing that uh, this is very real and this is already happening and we built this system and we are currently in this system and this is the future that we're, we're living in that we're, that we're heading towards. Um, and so I, the collaborations that you've done are, are just fascinating. And in so many of the different policy initiatives that you have, you've uh, helped to lead or been a part of in some sort of way has also been fascinating. I was reading um, your bio when you sent it to me and I was just, like my jaw was on the floor. It was just incredible everything that you've done, and um, and it's it's very it's for me as as also a fellow young person. It's great to know that um, there's there are people out there doing this, but it also hurts to know that there aren't more people out there doing this. But um, you know, I just want to say thank you for everything that you. I've done thus far and, and I can't wait to continue to read up and, and see more of your work. And I hope that we can stay in touch here for the podcast because I know we would love to continue to have you back on and then to be able to talk even more about everything. But uh, we can start to wrap up here. Um, but um, it, it really has been just fascinating to hear about everything, about your collaborations. And also um, there have been several different policies that you have um kind of spearheaded and that you've been a part of as well are there is there anything that you would really like to discuss when it comes to different policies that you've um, been a part of yeah like i was saying like about uh, uh, like working on the coastal zones mm -hmm. like coastal region that was something very much important because a lot of people were not aware of like what was coming to them because something was being done as like like development because some project was put forth as development and there was a lot of policy change to bring that development because that had like a lot of things which were fossil fuel bought infrastructures and all those things so there was like very big change and amendment in laws to pave way for such developments so we were actually working on to create educating people and making people to develop an alternative policy. Because like I was saying, like it shouldn't be just like someone sitting somewhere making something ideal for us. When we, but it seems ideal for us, 
but our region and our way of life and how we see the surroundings which we are in our environment that is very much different because someone sitting in us like for example in washington cannot decide what should happen in alaska mm-hmm. they can't just say like okay like next in next few months people of alaska can move to somewhere else and we are bringing a project they cannot say that because they have an identity there and they have a kind of living there and only they know how they manage the environment and how they have a like collaborative relationship with the nature they are in. only they know that so that's what happens like when we transform a place that is natural to agriculture or infrastructure or materialistic like cities we actually lose this identity knowledge and all those things so that's why it's very much important because all those policies it should actually come from the bottom to the top it shouldn't be just like top down so in some instances we could take all those scientific approaches and insights but when it comes to issues like nature and climate action the views of regional uh, people like indigenous communities or people living in that area that matters because they have been living in that area for years and they know all about that area and all of the way in which how we should look forward because all those knowledge it's very much important for the future we are looking at that's why we need all those things should become part of the policies yeah well john i i would just like to say that you are a natural at this at at talking on a podcast it is um you have a you have a great voice for it and i love it and uh, it's been really it's been really great to hear what you have to say about this and again thank you for for being willing to come on here and talk about all this because it is nece- it is necessary for our society to know and understand what is going on and and to realize that this is this is what we are currently dealing with and what we are um the world that we are living in the future that we are seeing and so um again you you have said some amazing things uh throughout this entire episode throughout this entire show that to me resonates not only with me but also resonates with us all and and i really like that last part you said you know someone in washington shouldn't be telling some someone in in alaska that oh they can move now and they can they can do certain things it it shouldn't be that way um and i think at the same time you have this just it becomes political again as you said you know a lot of your family and friends thought it was very political and so you had to do a lot of things in secret a lot of your activism and, and so that's the same thing with um with this kind of sense of what you are implying the sense of we we've just become so political like oh everything has to be ran completely politically and, and so there's definitely this need of a system reform um there needs to be something new something different and in that um when we have something new and something different we are able to really spark change and we are able to um build a a better and and greener earth and um i i think that is a great stopping point for us here um john thank you so much for coming on to the podcast for coming on to the show it has been uh such an honor to be able to talk to you here and we really appreciate you and thank you for everything that you've done and we'll definitely keep in touch with um your future endeavors uh, thank you Caleb and FYED for this amazing opportunity for me to share my views and it's very much appreciable that the way in which how we have this podcast like recording all those voices of different mm-hmm. people and making it available for others because it's it's very nice like when everyone could actually like know something from other part of the world and 
actually learn something and also have some like positive impact on their life or like getting much information from somewhere else yeah mm -hmm. yeah of, of course um it, it's again you know it as as it is helpful for you and, and for the world it is helpful for us as well just to be able to connect with people and to be able to talk about the things that really are important and really matter and this is something that is so important and and just so necessary to talk about right now and so that's why i really wanted to have this series right now where we're at because we did a lot of other series and we were able to grow our podcast and get more subscribers more followers and everything well now we're at a point where we just we need people to understand this common sense right in front of us and, and john you have you have helped us with that and so thank you for um telling us your opinions, telling us what is going on. That right there teaches people and, and educates people and allows people to understand what exactly is going on. Yes, definitely. Like, it's very much needed because something like having this podcast is like a social task or like something like a social commitment because like I was saying, like, even if we are doing something yeah, like small, that even that matters. We shouldn't be just like, like we need to make drastic changes or even small steps or anything is like, mm -hmm. is like uh, can happen. And even that should, at least that should be done because with small steps that leads to bigger steps. So I'm very much glad that, that, that something like this podcast is having around and even I have been part of a lot of things and happy that because all those views it just comes spontaneously and so you I think even I hope like I could watch over it again and actually see like what all views I have shared and whether it's it's helpful for me again because all those things just come spontaneously right <laughs> You were saying oh, I... like you were not you when you had the time to not done all those things, but I have to go through that again and see like what of things I have said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you have to you have to go back and realize, wait, what did I say? <laughs> yeah. I get that. I get that on a daily basis. I feel that. Um <laughs> well I have like I said, I have a bunch of notes. So if you need if you need to know what exactly you said, I can tell you. Um <laughs> All those things just came out of the insights. So, mm -hmm. well, that's that shows that it's um, important to you. And I, I think sometimes when we speak from from the insides and we speak from the heart and from the mind, it's some of the most truthful and honest and just greatest things that we can say, truly. And so that's something I I live my life on is um, I always speak from the heart. And you yeah. definitely, John, you have done that. I can um, tell you just from a perspective of being on this podcast with you, you have most definitely done that. Everything you said, you can tell you are so passionate about every word means something. And I hope that everyone else um, listening and watching this podcast um, feels the same way. I really do hope so. So thank you. Thank you again, John, for, for being on the show. Um, as we wrap up here, once again, you are indeed listening and watching the Identity Podcast brought to you by Find Your ID NYC. I'm Caleb, one of your co-hosts. My fellow co-host Tarek, of course, has been kind of in and out of the show. Um, he is out at the moment uh, due to some work obligations, but that is okay. We are here, and we've had an amazing show with our very special guest, John Paul Jos, a, a young climate change activist who is changing the world and he's doing amazing things. And uh, I tell you, I'm definitely going to um, hop on uh, hop on the bandwagon and, and really start um, to continue to follow John and all of his future endeavors. It is uh, really fascinating things. And, and so as always, go ahead and like us on Facebook. Um, you can check out the podcast every single week right here on Wednesdays at 715 
PM. Like us on Facebook at Find Your ID NYC. Follow us on Instagram by the same name. Go ahead and check out the Identity Podcast on TikTok, YouTube, and Twitter, all at the Identity Podcast. And now we're on Twitch by the same name as well. And check out the Identity Podcast on all streaming platforms as well, such as Spotify or Apple Podcast. And if you love the Identity Podcast, well, you can actually sponsor us. Email us at press at findyouridnyc.com to, to kind of talk about possibly sponsoring us. If you want some merch for the Identity Podcast, you can actually shop that on Teespring. The link is in our IG bio as well as of any of our other social media bios as well. Well, it has been a phenomenal time getting to know you and getting to know everything that you are a part of, John. Next week, we're continuing the environmental series. We're so excited to have Dr. Tom Duncanson on for February 10th, continuing this environmental series and moving into sustainability. He's an incredible man. I know him personally. Um, he has done a lot throughout the Midwest and throughout the United States and is actually a part of many different boards for uh, climate, the climate crisis and throughout just uh, the environment throughout the world. Um, he is just a fascinating figure and, and an amazing human being. So we're very excited to have him on, bring him on the show, and talk about all sorts of things. Um, it is going to be one of those shows where we will literally be talking about all sorts of things. Um, it, it'll be lots of back and forth, but it, it should be great stuff. So as always, thank you, as always, for tuning in to the Identity Podcast. Thank you again, John, for coming on to the show. It is so much appreciated and, and you have taught me so much and and i'm sure you have you have touched so many other people as well thank you everyone and uh, see you soon and have a nice day <laughs> don't forget to follow john on all social media platforms you can follow him at john palm jose um i'll pull that up right here you can follow him at that at that handle right there you can follow him there don't forget to follow the identity podcast on tiktok as well thank you everyone we'll catch you next week don't forget to stay tuned to the identity podcast